You're listening to AdvoCast, the adult education podcast. This podcast is being sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and by Burlington English, the group that's been publishing educational material used by millions of learners around the world. Today, Burlington is a major supplier of digital material for individuals learning English. Burlington continues to grow, enter new markets, and introduce new innovations in language, teaching, and learning. And now, here are co-hosts, Aaron Berbornik and Sarah Hegegi. Welcome to Coalition on Adult Basic Education Adult Ed Advocast, the podcast that helps you become a more effective advocate for adult education. I'm Sarah Hagigi, Refugee Education Program Coordinator at Pima Community College and the 2021 Arizona State Advocate for Adult Education Fellow. I introduce myself as a passionate educator who believes in empowering students and raising their critical consciousness about social conditions. And my co-host here is Erin. Hi, I'm Erin Vabornik, the 2021 State Advocate for Adult Education Fellow from Illinois, an ESL instructor at Elgin Community College, and a board member of IESA, which is Illinois' Adult and Continuing Educators Association. We have a great show for you today, all about forming an effective advocacy group. Um, we'll chat with Regina Sood, COEP's president-elect and the public policy chair, and Stefania, um, Stefania Moroccan-Nuvan, a former ESL student and, and, a, and a seasoned advocate. So Erin, um, it's been busy these days with COEP's conference and all the good stuff that has been going on and meeting the new safe and all of that. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling really excited, but also really exhausted. So, you know, Advocacy April was busy. I, you know, there was just a buzz about it that I was really excited about. Um, you know, a fantastic conference with amazing sessions um, and just a lot of legislative visits here in Illinois. How about you? Same, same here. Um, the burnout is real, uh, but it's all exciting because we are excited. We are because we are very tired of all the work. That doesn't mean that it's not exciting. So uh, the conference has been amazing. I'm very excited about watching the online sessions mm-hmm. that I didn't get the opportunity to watch during the conference session. I agree. I think that's that's probably my favorite part about the these virtual um, options is being able to go back and watch things um, so I can take notes or write down um, things that I didn't hear. And then I can see every conference, like every session, like you were saying. Right. Otherwise, exactly. I'm normally like pouring over the program like, what do I cut? <laughs> what do I go to? I can't be everywhere at once. I know there were some sessions that I wanted to go, but they were concurrent with the sessions that I, I was either presenting myself or a colleague of mine was presenting. Mm-hmm. So I went to the in-person to support my colleague, but then I have an opportunity to go and watch the sessions that I originally wanted to um, attend. So, yeah, it's, and I, I'm really excited. I invited some students as well. So um, that is exciting to log in and enjoy it as well. Mm, And guess who was the keynote? (gasps) Anna Chowain. Our last episode, she was amazing, which does not surprise me because I was just blown away. by our conversation with her last time. I know. She's amazing. Yes. And I'm so excited for the guests that we have today. Um, Regina is just like a a pro in advocacy. And so I think we're going to learn a lot from her today. And of course, Estefania, who I know very well and who has done some really incredible things. I'm excited for her to be here and to talk from the student perspective. So exciting. I know before we can get there, though, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to do Hot on the Hill.
you're listening to Advocast, the adult education podcast. And now, it's time for What's Hot on the Hill with Aaron and Sarah. Take it away. Welcome back to the Adult Education Advocast. I am Aaron Vabornik. I'm here with Sarah Hagigi, and we are going to talk about what's hot on the hill. So, quite a bit has been happening. So, on March 15th, President Biden signed into law the fiscal year 22 appropriations. Um, there is an increase of 15.5 million over last year's level. It included 690 million for adult ed state grants program. Um, and while we're really happy that there has been an increase, you, we all know our programs could do so much more uh, if we had adequate funding. And so to really help build that capacity for the influx of learners that we're expecting, we want to advocate for more. So please um, urge people, members of Congress, for $810 million for the final appropriations bill. The second thing is WIOA. And in Illinois, we say WIOA. I know in some places they say WIOA, and some people say W-I-O-A. But we all know what it means. It's that Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. And on April 5th, uh, the House Education and Labor Committee approved legislation to reauthorize WIOA. Um, and that legislation was introduced on March 31st um, by Chairman Bobby Scott from Virginia. And um, COABE was communicating with Chairman Scott's office just to make sure that this bill includes the language that allows for more innovation and opportunity for adult learners. And as a result of these conversations, several of COEB's recommendations um, in this legislation are author authorizing an innovative pilot performance accountability system, um, dedicated increase in the amount programs can spend on professional development, <laughs> COABE conference, <laughs> and supporting the development of improved credentials and quality standards for adult educators to, to enhance career pathways and really ensure the effectiveness of the programs um, and the education that we're providing. So really excited um, about that information. However, this is the start of a long reauthorization process. So we'll keep you up to date on this podcast of what is happening there, um, but we will need advocates to really urge that these three things are included in there. Again, it's the, the pilot performance system, um, expanding PD, and then approved pathways for adult education. Yeah. Um, all good news, all good things, but mm -hmm. this is the time that everybody needs to make sure that all those three components are included. So it's very important for everyone. They don't have to be educators. They can just be supportive of adult ed programs in the entire country. They can reach out to their legislators and um, request, request for more funding, request for those three components to be included. And they can talk about the importance of uh, having an adult ed program in their community. Um, these are all good stuff. So um, sometimes it's very hard for people to get it started with so they don't know how to start how to contact their legislators they really want to but they don't know how to so coep has made it easy so you just need to go to coep's website coep.org coep is spelled as um c-o-a-b.org and then there is a tab that you go for legislation and then there is um take action uh, section that you go to there you can find the three-click website that basically with three clicks, you can email all your legislatives um, or all your legislators. And then um, you can either tweak 
um, the emails that you're going to send them, or you can use the sample that is provided, but all their email addresses, everything um, has been provided. So um, it's all good. And then if you don't want to email them, you prefer to give them a call, you can find um, the information of your legislators on Quape's website. There is there is a website that you can go and type in your home address and then find all that information and then you can contact them. I'm always too scared to do the phone call. I, maybe it's just the millennial in me, but <laughs> I'd prefer typing it out. There's something about when someone answers the phone, my mind goes blank. <laughs> Uh, that three click click is just so easy that there's no reason there's no reason not to do it you're right I know and I remember once I even called and um exactly as you said I went blank and then I started reading from the email right with that three clicks I was like oh my god I don't know what to say and that really helped too so it does and it yeah I, yeah. I love that advice that email itself provides so much information just to read through and be able to talk to people in the community, you know, at your local chamber of commerce, whoever you're talking to, just to spread the word about adult education. Exactly. Yes. That is so great. And I always, whenever there is a confirmation email, I just brag uh, about all those emails and says, um, our legislators email me <laughs> and that is a com- confirmation email but it is right i get i get emails from the president's office they're just saying thank you right yeah okay yeah. let's take a short break and when we come back we can start talking to our guests today yes You're listening to AdvoCast, the adult education podcast. This podcast is being sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and by Burlington English, the group that's been publishing educational material used by millions of learners around the world. Today, Burlington is a major supplier of digital material for individuals learning English. Burlington continues to grow, enter new markets, and introduce new innovations in language, teaching, and learning. And now... Here are co-hosts, Aaron Borbornik and Sarah Hagegi. Welcome back. My name is Sarah Hagegi, and I'm with my co-host, Aaron Borbornik. And you've been listening to Adult Ed Advocast. With us today is Regina Sood. Um, welcome, Regina. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, you guys. This is very exciting because Regina and I go back to when I got hired for my new job. I mean, it's not new anymore. <laughs> my current job but i'm regina's last hire so always in all meetings that we go together we try to mention that so. oh her last hire and her first podcast appearance which really surprises me well you know i'm not a millennial so you know i'm learning about podcasts just like lots of others in the field <laughs> that's great that's great thank you so much Regina, you're a very well-known person, but could you please introduce yourself and tell us about how you joined adult ed programs? Well, thanks both of you so much for having me. Um, uh, So my name is Regina Suit, and I'm the current COEB president-elect and the public policy chair, but I've been involved with COEB for many, many years. I started as a regional rep. Um, I was the student um, engagement chair, the public policy chair, many years ago, um, then vice president for membership. But I I started in adult education as a part-time teacher, like many, many people in the field, and I fell in love with it. I thought, oh my, the, the students were the best. They were so polite. They wanted to be there and they wanted to learn. And I, I just tried to figure out how to piece part-time jobs together for many years until I could find a full-time job. And so I was, a, I started as a teacher and then just kind of moved my way around the various programs at Pima Community College. And I retired in 2019 um, as vice president for adult basic ed for college and career. Wow. So 
You retired in 2019. I see you all over the place, though. <laughs> well, you know what? Now I have time to do even more. So besides um, being able to um, garden and, and soon be a new grandma, um, I volunteer for several organizations, both locally um, and, and, of course, for COVID. So I, I have a little bit more time to invest now that I'm retired. Um, I want to try to use what skills I learned over the 30 years. I want to use them before I forget them. <laughs> Well, we're so excited that you are here to share those skills and that knowledge, um, because every time that I hear you speak, I I learn something new, <laughs> something that I can um, something that I can use. So I'm interested in what it is about advocacy that drew you in. So uh, just a little bit of, uh, more about my family. My, my mom was just this, you know, scrappy immigrant. And so I saw her advocating for herself and for her friends and for us, her children. Um, my dad was, you know, full on union man. And, and I remember some of my, you know, earliest memories were, you know, being on a picket line with him. And, and so I just, I felt like I always, you know, between my mom's immigrant story and, and her having to advocate for herself and um, my dad and, and his experiences that I was kind of born into this advocacy family. Um, so, you know, I, I've been preparing my whole life and, and watching other people do it really, really well and learning from them and, and then learning also what didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yes. Um, when the best way to draw into advocacy is by watching your parents. Um, I would say too that follow their steps. I would say I would add that you know um, when I started teaching in adult education, I I I fell in love with those students, mm -hmm. and I wanted to help them. And so um, I think that also you know kind of drew me into advocating for adult education. That's amazing. So um, with all the experience that you have, I'm wondering who are some of the more common audiences that adult education professionals advocate to? Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's the standard legislator, right? I mean, that's where we kind of um, concentrate a lot of energy on because they have the power, right, to pass legislation and to pass budgets that affect us. Um, but I, what I've learned over the years is that you can create a kind of whole network and web, um, you know, a, a building a team so that it's not just you. And it actually, it makes you more effective and it makes the messaging more effective. I know the, the first time I went to DC um, was in 2007 and the president's budget at that time came out with a very substantial cut to adult education. And so my boss said, you know, why don't you go to DC? Um, I'm like, all right, well, I didn't know what I was doing exactly, but I, I not only went to DC, but I took a group of students with me. And that's really where I learned um, that students are an integral part of any kind of advocacy team, because, um, you know, I could come in with the glossiest of flyers and the, you know, the, the splashiest of data and facts, and they wanted to hear from, they wanted to hear from the students. They wanted to hear from folks who were, you know, um, in programs. Um, and, and so that's kind of, that was where I, where I learned how important students are. But, but if you can build a bigger team, it's even, it's even better. You know, maybe you could bring the student's employer or have them somehow involved or, or their kid's teacher or your college president or school superintendent. Um, you know, uh, there's community leaders that, that you can kind of build into a network. And it, it, it takes, it takes a little bit of the responsibility off of you always having to do the advocacy part, but it also tells a different story and it shows how important adult education is across the spectrum, right? From K through 12 to businesses, to community organizations. So building kind of a team um, is really important. And so you asked me about like, you know, who the common audience was for advocacy and certainly legislators are, but so are those other people that you want on your team. So your workforce development, you know, board chair or your college president or your school superintendent, or maybe there's a very uh, influential faith leader in your, your community who has, 
you know, a, a, a lot of influence in your community. Don't don't limit it just to the senators um, and policymakers because even though they are important because they are the ones that hold the purse strings, you can ask your new friends in these other roles to do the advocacy work for you. And you're building awareness about what adult education is all while doing all of that. That, that sounds like quite the dream team <laughs> right there. <laughs> that is quite the lineup. Um, so since we're coming off of, you know, this, this is airing in May, we're coming off of ad Advocacy April, and I'm sure there are some listeners out there who are just thinking like, I'm exhausted. I've been doing this on my own. I'm nearing burnout. I just can't find anyone to join my dream team. What, um, where might they find fellow advocates to connect with? Well, I mean, I think getting comfortable with ad, um, advocacy is kind of the first place to start. And so, you know, start with your neighbor, you know, don't start with the governor. Um, you know, um, so being comfortable with that, I think it's really important too to build relationships with people so that you can call on them and ask. And, and you know, the relationships have to be authentic and real, not just like you're asking for something but that it's, you know, both ways and, and, and how can you help, you know, the other person with whatever that it is they're working on and kind of finding those, you know, uh, connections and crossovers and synergies with, with some of the, the, the people that I mentioned um, uh, previously. I think that, you know, COEB is a really great resource, you know, um, your state association, if your state has a strong uh, state association, maybe there's an advocacy or a public policy or legislative committee that you can join, and then you'll be with like-minded um, people. I would say that, you know, in the olden days before webinars and the computer and all, like where like listservs were the first time, were, were the first way I found other advocates at the national level um, was joining listservs. And, 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 and so I would say being on listservs and recognizing people going to conferences, going to webinars and putting in the chat, hey, anybody else from you know Wyoming want to advocate? Like those are all really great opportunities. And then I would say, you know, a phone call, building a relationship through a phone call um, is really important. That's a great, those are some great suggestions. Yeah, I, state associations I, I think are are a hugely underutilized resource for for finding some like-minded folks to do advocacy with, and I love your your idea about webinars um, because I've always <laughs> felt maybe a little creepy doing this. But when people say hi, I'm from like Illinois. If it's a, an advocacy focused webinar, I write down their names so that I can find them and say, Hey, do you want to? <laughs> I'm meeting with a legislator in your area. Do you want to come along with me? Yeah, I think that's exactly what you have to do. And I, I feel like, you know, advocates, people like you uh, too and others, um, you know, have that natural ability to, you know, and, and desire to kind of get to know other people and pick their brains and learn from them um, and to do that advocacy work. You know, I think it takes, um, you know, kind of uh, somebody who is willing to put themselves out there and, and has a little bravery around meeting new people and, trying new things and um but i'm sure as both of you can test you know have, have can testify that you know once you do it five ten times it gets so much easier it really it really, really is does. yeah so um regina some of us are have been working in programs that are very supportive of advocacy work um for example, in the program that I work in, we have the, a culture of advocacy, so it is not a new concept. But I know that there are some listeners out there that in their programs, their administrators are probably not very um, uh, supportive of advocacy work, and they might have some colleagues that they might be hesitant to do any advocacy work. How do you suggest that we can create that um dream team or how how we can balance this work that we can keep our job and respect all the policy that goes in the work and also do the advocacy work. 
I, th I think that's really important. I think, you know, programs that, you know, allow this work and support this work are, are, are probably, you know, in the minority. Um, I don't think that colleges or, or school districts um, have anything against adult ed or, or it's more about fear, you know, mm -hmm. uh, people are sometimes um, afraid uh, politics nowadays can be, you know, very scary and divisive. But, you know, I always remind people that advocacy isn't politics. Advocacy really is, is you know, raising awareness about your cause um, and what it is. And, and so many times with adult education, the first step is just making sure that everybody in your organization internally knows what you do and knows what adult education is, because they might not. You might think they know it and they don't. And so, starting with kind of an awareness campaign internally and then building relationships from that i think is 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 one way to certainly do that um i you know uh there's lots of other ways that might seem weird but you know give your boss an award for being supportive adult ed like get your state association you know like make them make them into a champion when they're maybe not quite sure that they are um uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we highlight uh, legislators and policymakers and people that have, you know, supported adult ed at varying degrees. It's not always a lot, but, you know, once they get recognition and understand what adult education is, it makes it a lot easier. And, and you know, you can turn somebody who was probably a friend, you know, hopefully internally your boss or your boss's boss um, and, and turn them into champions. I mean, that's really what you want is so that everybody that you build a relationship with is now an adult education champion and advocate when, when you're when you're not there. That's great advice. Yeah, that's that's wonderful advice. I, uh, I, I just want to add one more thing too. I think, you know, one of the things that we we might think we have to do is go straight to the top, you know, straight to the school superintendent or straight to the governor or straight to the college president or whatever. But I think you can build relationships you know, sideways and, and laterally and, 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 and maybe people that work for those people, um, you know, um, so that you don't always have to start at the, at the very top. But if everybody around a leader is talking about adult ed and is becoming a champion and, and is like, what about adult ed? Then, then the leader will also be hearing that as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So speaking of great advice that you give, um, we were recently talking and you corrected an intro that I had been doing with state legislators. And I think our listeners would benefit from my mistake. Um, so, you know, I'm willing to be, to be vulnerable here. So let's rehash it for the nation. <laughs> so, uh, You're so brave, Aaron. You know, <laughs> We all That's make probably mistakes. something that all of us do. Well, like, I, I learned it from my own mistakes, so it's not only yours. Right. Yeah. I, I learned my best lessons through my mistakes. <laughs> I do something right the first time. It doesn't help. If I mess it up, I will never forget. Yeah. So <laughs> I have been, um, so I had done a lot of legislative visits in April for Advocacy April and or about half that month, I was starting our conversations by asking legislators or stakeholders the question, what do you know about adult education? And you very politely and kindly said, how about you consider? <laughs> so first, um, can you share why that's maybe not the best thing to start with and what a good alternative would be to open a conversation? So, I mean, I, I think I learned this through mistake as well. And most of the time when I would start out with that, I would get kind of blank stares many times or I don't know, or I could tell, because this was in the olden days when we met in person, um, I, could, I could tell that they felt bad. Like they felt like they didn't know something that they should know. And, and I could see that. And so I started kind of experimenting with, you know, various other ways. And when we think about it, like who wants to start a, a relationship feeling stupid, you know, or feeling like you don't know something. And so I just started trying different ways to somehow, you know, in the introduction, 
maybe sprinkle a little bit about what adult education is. So, you know, hi, my name is Regina Soot, and, um, you know, I work in adult education, which is GED prep and English as a second language. So I'm already giving them a little bit of like tutorial, right? Um, I might say something like, this is my favorite, but in 100% of the time I've done this in 30 years or however long, it, it always comes back with a positive response. I might say something like, you know, my mom had to learn English and she got her citizenship. I bet you know somebody, Erin, that had to do that. And like, could you tell me about that person? Or, or you could just wait for an, a yes or no answer. Or, you know, just about everybody knows somebody that got a high school equivalency or, or a GED or their citizenship or learned English. Um, and so that right, right, right out of the gate is building that relationship and that commonality that you and the policymaker or the office, um, you know, uh, assistant or whoever you're meeting with might have it. And so I feel like when you're building a relationship that like coming up with that kind of common, you know, knowledge together, then you can kind of go in and you don't even have to say what is adult ed because they're learning as you get to know each other. And I can attest, it works. <laughs> it works much better. It gets that conversation going. And then I don't feel like I need to uh, be the educator. I can, you know, I can be the constituent or just be the concerned citizen and have a conversation. And it does feel a lot more natural. So thank you for not just letting that slide and be like, oh, she'll figure it out. <laughs> so thanks for that correction. And thanks for sharing that with all of our listeners so that they can try that fantastic opener you recommended. I was just going to add, you know, is that, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of, of building relationships with new people. You know, legislators and their office staff, they're just, you know, human beings like the rest of us. They don't know everything. They need a little help from us. And so we just want to do it in a, a gentle and kind way while we're building a relationship with each other. Right. And Erin, I just wanted to say that that's not only you. I remember I started by just asking the same question because in my head, it was very easy to start a conversation. But I remember I was in a visit with Regina and when I started that way, later in our debrief session, Regina told me that, hey, did you see that that legislator just sat and then just took notes and didn't communicate with us that much? And that is probably because that question was like, okay, so if I don't know anything, you can just talk to me. <laughs> so apparently you think I don't know anything yeah, and I don't know anything and already felt bad. So we turned yeah. the conversation and Regina was there and we managed that meeting. That meeting went well, but that's how I learned too. So that's, that's a really, I think, powerful part of having a dream team. And Regina, uh, as, as Sarah just mentioned, the debrief. So what exactly happens in a debrief after you've, maybe met with a stakeholder with your team? So I would say the first thing you need to do is go in with a plan. I I still, after a hundred years of doing this, do not go into a legislative visit without a plan. Who's gonna start? Who's gonna ask this question? Who's gonna finish? Who's gonna make the ask? You know, all of that, I feel like it, it doesn't, it, it needs to be planned. Um, and at first you can even use one of COIB's scripts you know, you, because the more you do it, the more natural it becomes. But, but we found in everything that we did with students, if we really wanted to turn it into, um, you know, a learning opportunity, we, we had to debrief. And so at the debrief, we said, you know, we say, you know, what went well, and we get people kind of talking about the positive nature of, you know, things that they, um, you know, learned from the visit, then we like, what could we improve on? Um, it, it was during these debrief sessions with students that that I even I felt even more in love with advocacy and I saw the power um, and the transformation in our students and in even some staff when they were doing it where they where they were taking this power that they didn't think they had where where they were sharing their story that they thought was a deficit and they turned it into an asset. And it, it's my favorite part of advocacy is those debriefs and seeing that happen, like, you know, right then and there. 
Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Those debriefs really help any sort of advocate. So if you're a new advocate or if you're a seasoned advocate, yes, that's how you want to do it. Regina, I know you've gone to so many meetings, but um, what's an advocacy success story that you've had that you would like to share with us? Um, well, I would say, you know, being a part of the co-aid team over the, since 2017, when we launched um, Educate and Elevate, um, we've received, you know, over a hundred million dollar in increases. Um, I think that that's, you know, a, a lot of advocacy that using the three clicks, you know, that kind of thing. But I would say, you know, the work that was really dear and near and dear to my heart and where I learned a lot was when um, Arizona cut the adult education funding 100% and we had to work for three and a half years um, to get it back. And I'm really I'm proud that I led that effort with so many students and staff and folks from around the state. When we were getting told that we would never get it back, once it's zeroed out, like the, the earth has been salted, but we got it back. We got it back exactly the same amount that, you know, unfortunately it's the same amount as the, that we've had since 1995, but, um, you know, at least we got it back. Yeah, that's amazing. That's Thank you. success. <laughs> Regina, could you please share with our listeners how they can find you, how they can contact you? Well, you can um, email me at the through Coab uh, at the president-elect at coab.org, or I'm on um, Twitter at, at Regina Sue. So those are both ways to kind of see what I'm up to. That's Great. Nice. Thank you so much. So... If you stick around, we'll bring you back at the end of the show. So listeners, hang in there. Uh, we'll bring Regina back on so she can give us some final um, thoughts. But we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to speak to um, Estefania, former ESL student. So Regina, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be seeing you very soon. You're listening to Advocast, the adult education podcast. This podcast is being sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and by Burlington English, the group that's been publishing educational material used by millions of learners around the world. Today, Burlington is a major supplier of digital material for individuals learning English. Burlington continues to grow, enter new markets, and introduce new innovations in language, teaching, and learning. And now... Here are co-hosts, Aaron Verbornik and Sarah Hagegi. Welcome back to the Adult Ed Advocast. My name's Aaron. I'm here with my co-host, Sarah. And we're being joined today, I'm so excited, by Estefania Marroquin-Nuvan, um, who is a Colombian immigrant with unique insights into advocacy. Um, and I know we've talked before also about the needs of immigrant women. So Estefania, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello. Hi, Estefania. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. So I'd like to open it up um, and let you just kind of introduce yourself and your journey um, getting to a, an adult education program. So hello everyone. Uh, my name is Mayra Estefania Marroquin Nuan. So it's a long name. That's <laughs> all a Spanish name. Uh, currently, I am uh, studying at Elgin Community College and I'm finishing my last semester of my associates in arts to um, transfer to the UIC to finish a bachelor's degree in neuroscience. Also, uh, I'm working with Motorola Solutions. And uh, when I came to this country, I didn't speak English. So it was back in 2017. And I started studying English in Elgin Community College by the end of the year of 2018. 
So when you came to the United States, about how much English did you speak in 2017? I knew how to say okay and hi. That's amazing. Yeah, that's how that's how much I knew. That's so, good. That's how much most people know when they come from a different country in um, in the United States. What do you think helped you to succeed? Well, I I was scared when I started studying English, as I mentioned it to Erin. Uh, I remember back in 2018 when I was around a lot of people who was trying to learn English. And I hear all the stories uh, from them where they say, oh, I have been living in the United States for 20 years. And they were in the same level as me. So, and in different years, 10 years, five years. So I was so afraid, like, to not be able to achieve my goals that I start studying more. I practically delayed delete my whole my home language to start focusing a lot in English so that's I think that's why I guess it was my success <laughs> and you make you make a really good point about um, you know different different experiences in the United States some people who um, at least in our our area because Estefania is by me. Uh, you know, you can you can live and work and go about life in Spanish. Yeah. Um, and so that's where those, you know, having been in the country for 20 years and not not having um, you know begun those or having just begun those ESL classes. Um, and then the person who is very new to the area and doesn't realize that's the case. And, you know, I understand that can be really jarring to think, oh my goodness, like I want to achieve my dreams and look at you achieving your dreams. Neuroscience. That's amazing. (laughs) The University of Illinois, Chicago. That's incredible. That's amazing. Congratulations, Stefania. And it's always good to be bilingual. Or Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, I believe that uh, uh, being at uh, community college and being in all the process about learning a new language, getting a new skills, learning how to communicate and understand other people around me, it made me realize the importance of uh, our brain. So mm-hmm. I believe that process uh, helped me to find my passion that's That's wonderful that's wonderful so go ahead erin so i was just going to say um so you talked about like the things that helped you succeed i'm always interested in hearing from students um and from our adult learners you know what's one thing that you really wish a teacher had done for you um that would have helped you and this is not yeah. a trick question because I was your teacher. So please, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> should I answer? <laughs> yes, you do. Erin, you didn't well, do that for me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, well, it's, I will say something, but it's not you. But I will say something. <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, I wish my teacher uh, will tell me that my life in the United States is not going to be like that. If like, like people around me being in the United States for so long, and they aren't able to speak English that I want to be like that. Mm. So I wish my teacher explained that to me because I was really, really scared with that, to be honest. And another thing is, uh, when you are studying English, it's kind of like it's hard for them as well to explain certain topics and stuff like that. But certain people doesn't understand in the same way than others. Mm-hmm. I wish uh, when we start the classes, we kind of like look at the different ways 
uh, of people learn. Not all of the teachers do that. Uh, and I am more a visual person and I need to do something to learn instead of just reading. If I if I'm gonna read something, I want to understand at the same as I'm watching something or if I'm practicing. So the different methodologies of learning will be mm -hmm. so much better if the teacher know like provide us like different ways to do it. Yeah, what what I'm hearing is like just feeling valued and getting that connection, right? The teacher opening up the class so people can talk about their experiences so people can well you know talk about who they are and how they learn um that's that's incredible advice estefania yeah and stefania i'm also um not from united states originally so i came to united states as an adult and i went through the same things that you went through and yes during uh, the first couple of years, I wanted someone to tell me that, okay, if you, you're struggling right now, it's not going to be like that always. And life will get better. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. So I hear that you're a seasoned advocate. You have advocated to, to both the president of your community college and to the staff mm -hmm. of a federal legislator. What would you say to others who want to advocate but are too nervous? Well, it's, it was hard for me at the beginning, but uh, one of the things uh, that forced me, forced my, I forced myself to do it was because if I didn't do it, how I could expect someone else to do it? So, for those people who feel nervous, uh, it's like I can perfectly understand them because just put yourself out and speak with people who really speak very well English and you just say, you just know how to say hi. So it's kind of like, it's hard, but I will say to them, just do it. You may feel embarrassing, you may feel great, but just do it. Like just jump on it because if you do that you will inspire other people to do it mm -hmm. if you put yourself out there other people will see you as an example and if you could do it i couldn't do it so that's like my advice for all of those people who feel nervous which i totally understand that <laughs> and I was there with you for the the president of the community college. And so, you know, we, we all had our nerves going in. And I just have to give Estefania a shout out. She taught the president of our community college how to use QR codes <laughs> in oh. that meeting. <laughs> and yeah. after in our debrief, like there was just this buzz in our group of like, wow, like we did it. You know, it like... <laughs> It was, that was, yeah. and Estefania might not know this, but that was like a huge turning point in my passion for, for advocacy. I was like, you know, I, I was also very nervous and I was like, Estefania rocked it. <laughs> I mean, I need to up my game here. <laughs> so one of the points about uh, being an immigrant in another country, being like from an older age, like older than 20 or 25 years old, is you may have way more knowledge that you like that you think, but it's so hard to express it. It's so hard to show you how smart I am or what I know eh, because of the language barrier. So maybe a person can be very good uh, can be a very good like treating certain illness, but they don't know how to explain it. So for you, maybe being a person who doesn't know anything. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. Not knowing the language doesn't mean that you don't know anything. You come mm -hmm. with a vast knowledge and experience in your life. And they were all in a different language. Now you need to transfer them into a new language. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, I remember that part of the QR code that it was kind of funny. <laughs> and I remember explaining it to them and I was just so excited and nervous at the same time. And that I think summarizes like just the the feelings of putting putting yourself out there. That's hard. That's hard to do. Yes. So thinking back on just any time that you've advocated for yourself or for someone else, you know, what's a success that you've had? Uh, the success that I have been like advocating is um, engaging other people to uh, pursue uh, their goals. Mm -hmm. uh, I have been crossing along with so many people who uh, have been dropping off of school have been dropping off uh, learning the language because of the reason that the, because they felt at the same way that I felt. So I told them uh, when I speak with them, I told them, yeah, I was feeling the same way. I was nervous about it. I thought I may never learn the language, uh, but I could do it. And you know me when I didn't speak the language and now you know me now you see me speaking it like better, not perfectly, but better. <laughs> but uh, they they try to do it again. They try to commit themselves to do it, and they try to ask me for certain questions about it. Another thing that I told them that they shouldn't feel afraid is because I know my people and. It's not comfortable sometimes for me to speak with them in English because sometimes I, I include myself. Sometimes we can be very judgmental and especially with people very close to you, not because you want to be mean, just because you want them to be better. And you can be so harsh on them that they feel kind of like afraid to speak. Uh, to try new things with them. So for example, if I have a cousin who speaks English and I'm learning to speak English, so the most accurate is to speak with my cousin in English. But it is not like that. I won't do it because I feel embarrassing in front of, in front of him because I'm afraid that he's gonna make fun of me. So one of the advocacy to success that I had is just trying to erase that kind of like environment uh, with people around me so they now uh, who the people who speak english they try to understand more the point of the people who doesn't speak so they don't make fun of even if like it's nothing wrong they just don't mm -hmm. make, make fun of yeah creating a more more open and embracing community environment a safe environment that you can practice english freely mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you. Stefania, so if our listeners or viewers want to reach to you, how can they contact you? Well, I am through, uh, um, available through email or uh, LinkedIn. I usually try to not use different social media pages but because I'm studying, so sometimes mm -hmm. it's really hard. But yeah, usually it's with way better by email okay good and your email is my email is mayra marroquin number 10 at iclub.com that's great thank you thank you so much for joining us today thanks we're thank going you so to much take for inviting me of course thank you we're going to take a short break and we will be back soon You're listening to Advocast, the adult education podcast. This podcast is being sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and by Burlington English, the group that's been publishing educational material used by millions of learners around the world. Today, Burlington is a major supplier of digital material for individuals learning English. Burlington continues to grow, enter new markets, and introduce new innovations in language, teaching, and learning. And now... Here are co-hosts Aaron Verbornik and Sarah Hagegi.
Welcome back. My name is Sarah and I'm with my co-host Erin and you've been listening to Adult Ed Advocast. This has been a really fun episode and I'm really excited to invite Regina and Estefania back um, and just open it up so that each of you have a chance to just share one or just share some parting words for our listeners. So we'll We'll start with Regina. Um, you know, I wrote down several things and I thought, oh, I need to share these tips and tricks or whatever. Um, but you know what? I I also wrote down something that Steph, uh, Stefania said, and that is, and, and I think I've, I say this many times when I try to convince people to, that they need to be doing this, this work. They need to advocate for adult education and anything that they're passionate about when I wrote this down. Um, how can you expect others to do the work that you won't do? Exactly. I, I really, I really exactly. appreciated that. Yes, that's, that's very deep and very important. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And Estefania, any, any parting words you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, for the people out there who is listening to this podcast, uh, sometimes uh, things that uh, happening around us makes us to be a little bit more selfish and focusing just in ourselves. But if we put a little bit more of work on uh, situations like this, like advocacy, where we can work to get a better instruments for adult education and or get better resources for it, we can help future generations to uh, to work better in themselves, to help their communities and not just the communities in the United States, but also in communities in our countries. Because I know a lot of people like me who support a family in, in our countries, back in our countries. So just take a step and put a little bit of your ground there and just do it. Well said, well said. Yes, investing in adult education is investing in future generation. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. So for one more time, um, if we want to reach Regina, um, Regina, how can our listeners reach reach out to you? So um, the, uh, actually, there's a couple ways through the COE uh, email system and, uh, that you can pretty much email any COEB address and just say, hey, how can I get a hold of Regina? But president-elect at coeb.org um, is uh, certainly one way or through Twitter, they can message me at Regina Suit or LinkedIn the same. Great. And how about you, Stefania? Well, for me, it's easier for uh, through email. Uh, my email is Mayra Marroquin 10 at iClub.com. Great. Thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Thank you both for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. So thanks to everyone for listening. Make sure that you um, click the subscribe button on YouTube so that you don't miss anything that CoAbe puts out. You can also find us on Twitter by searching hashtag advocast and on the CoAbe website, coabe.org. If you have a question, or an idea for an episode, or you say, hey, I have a student who is an incredible success. We need to get them on there. Send us an email at advocast at And of course, join us next month for more adult education advocacy with COABE's Adult Ed Advocast.
You're listening to AdvoCast, the adult education podcast. This podcast has been sponsored by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and by Burlington English. You can find us at coave.org or on Coave's YouTube channel.